Hello and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. The elements are a metaphor, a simple organizational system to help us understand business and ourselves as business owners. And they are the components of nature, the roots of magic, and the building blocks of life. We all have some aspects of life and business where we thrive and others that are more challenging. By looking at these things elementally, we remove shame and judgment and can discern which elements would help us bring ourselves into balance. Earth, root chakra, Capricorn, Taurus, Virgo. Earth rules the parts of business that keep us safe and secure as we do our soul work. Sustainability, finances, contracts, systems, our core values, and clarity about exactly what our medicine is and how we fit into the ecosystem are governed by Earth element. Air, heart and third eye chakra, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. Air rules our big vision, our ultimate picture of success. It's where we connect our medicine to a mission and decide what kind of impact we want to create during our time on this planet. Water. Sacral Chakra, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. This is the realm of our emotions, and business is emotional. How we feel about people, ourselves, visibility, uncertainty, how we handle stress and disappointment, all of this and more affects how you navigate your business. Water Element is where we learn to resource ourselves and expand our capacity to hold the big feelings that come with doing our work in the world. Fire. Solar plexus chakra, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. Fire is where we take our gifts, our uniqueness, and our creations, and we blaze them out into the world. All things selling, marketing, and the day-to-day actions of running our business are ruled by fire. Too much fire and we burn out. Not enough and our business never makes it off the ground. And spirit, crown chakra. Every good gardener knows the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Spirit rules the faith required to keep tending your business long before you've seen a single sprout of evidence that it's growing. No matter what you believe in, spirit element is what you travel through after you leap and before you land. Life thrives when all of the elements are in balance. So do you, and so will your business. To find out your dominant element, take our quiz at intuitiveedgecoaching.com quiz. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. If you are returning, welcome back. So happy you're here. If you're new around here, welcome. I hope you stay. I hope you like it. I hope you stick around. So today's episode is something a little bit different. This is a rebroadcast of me on someone else's podcast. So we have had a previous guest here on the show, Shiraz Babu, uh, who has a energetic technique that he created called Energetic Magic, and he has a podcast called Rewriting Reality. So we did an episode, I'll check the number and put it in the show notes, about reality addiction, and he recently had me on his Rewriting Reality podcast. And the format of his podcast is really cool. In the first half, he lets his guests coach him or demonstrate their technique on him. And in the second half of the podcast, he demonstrates his technique with the guest. So in this episode that you're about to listen to, I coach Shiraz through a block that he was experiencing 
And then in the second half, he does his energetic magic technique with me. What was really wonderful for me about this experience is that Shiraz owns a business that last year did its first seven figures in sales. And his goal for this year is to do eight figures in sales. And when I asked him what he wanted coaching on, he said he was experiencing some money blocks. And I thought it was so valuable and so important for all of us to recognize that sometimes we think once I hit a certain milestone, I know for many people it's even their six-figure milestone in business, let alone their seven, that they will no longer have any money difficulties or doubts. And it's so important to remember that the amount of money we've made or earned does not determine whether or not we have you know, money shadows come up, that this is so much more about our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, and that we can have limiting beliefs about capacity or capability show up at any level. And I thought it was so powerful and brave of him as someone who is a seven-figure earner to say, I'm having doubts, I'm having money blocks, I'm having fears about whether or not I can reach my next level and to allow me to coach him through that. The other great thing about what you're going to hear in this um, mini session is that it is like a tiny snapshot of the work that's available in my scale program because the issues that Shiraz was having were directly related to his desires to continue to scale his company. And you'll hear in there that what he thought he had was a money issue, but really quickly what we realized he had was a capacity issue, a delegation issue, a leadership issue, and an expansion issue. And we dove into those things and we're able to shift them pretty quickly in a very short period of time. So if we can do that in 30 minutes, imagine what we could do together if we were working you and I on your business in the SCALE program for six months. Uh, Again, if you're new here, SCALE is a beta program that I'm offering right now to help business owners who want to grow their business, want to scale to their next milestone, whether that's six figures, seven figures, or beyond, but you are feeling stuck at your current capacity. And the SCALE program is specifically to address ways that we can get stuck, things that need to be moved, renegotiated, reorganized, and put into place before you will be able to welcome in your next milestone and getting you in position for that growth. So I currently have three spots available for the SCALE program. It is in beta right now. I'm taking five entrepreneurs through this program one-on-one at a very reduced price. Once the program has been verified by testing it with people, it will become a master mastermind and the price is going to go up significantly. So I highly recommend that you take advantage of this offer while it's in beta. I'm going to put a link for that in the show notes. I would love for you to apply. I would love to help you scale your business. And without further ado, we're going to get into this re-blog. I don't know how to describe what this is when you're sharing someone else's podcast on your podcast. What do the kids call that? If you know, email it to me, intuitiveedgecoaching at gmail.com because clearly... I'm the podcaster and I don't know what this is called, but please enjoy this reshared episode of Rewriting Reality Podcast with me as the guest hosted by Shiraz Babu.
The regulars will know when I cough, energy shifts. However, I am like this close to getting the flu right now. So some coughs may just be coughs during the show. I am Shiraz, and this is re Rewriting Reality. And if you're wondering where I am, Pittsburgh for NACA, which is the National Association of um, School... Oh, what is it? <laughs> I've forgotten already. Uh, but it's... Sorry, I'm trying an S instead of a C. College uh, Association. So it's the the venue where people go to try to get booked at colleges and there's entertainers and speakers and um, there's transformational coaches, there's singers, there's acrobats, like all sorts of things. And it's just the big showcase where the colleges say, hey, I'd like to have these people on my stage. So I'm here right now with a bunch of people hanging out, checking it out. And uh, I have been at, this is the fourth event I've been to in the last, I think, three weeks in three different locations. And so I'm tired and my body's saying, just go lie down, but I'm not. I'm going to finish this off. And then I have to do a three-day event uh, starting tomorrow when I get back where I'm a speaker judge. And then I have my own event on Friday. And then on Saturday, I collapse. Okay. And then I'll just like sleep through the entire weekend and recover. But I'm just hanging on till then. <laughs> so Today, luckily, with this show, I don't have to do it myself. I bring in amazing guests. And so then I can I, I can relax for a little bit when they talk about why they're here, what they do, what, how they're changing the world, but then I'm going to get coached. So we have uh, Sarah Byers going to come on, and she's going to coach me. And then we're going to flip it around, and I'm going to coach her. So it's going to be a fun show because let me tell you about Sarah. Sarah is a certified life coach and business coach, dancer, embodiment coach, movement coach, CEO of Intuitive Edge Coaching and Intuitive Edge Creative. And I think the other thing that's missing from here is overachiever. She's based in Los Angeles, California, and she's dedicated to helping artists, creatives, and spiritual practitioners move anything that keeps them in their own way. She is committed to helping get their brilliant, life-changing work out of their heads and into the world, where it can benefit the collective. So Sarah firmly believes that creative, talented people don't need a backup plan or a day job. Hey, I believe that too. All right, Sarah. Dis despite what we've been told, we can create security, stability for ourselves, and that shifting wealth into the hands of healers, helpers, and artists is the best chance we have to reshape society and heal the world. So let's bring her on. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for that lovely intro. I was getting hype on myself. <laughs> I was like, she sounds cool. I like her. She is cool. That's why she's here. <laughs> All right. So Sarah, tell us, how how did you get into this, this place? And you know, I'm just like, when I'm looking at this, it's just like, okay, so we've got life coach, business coach, um, even embodiment coach, but then we throw dancer in there. <laughs> and uh, like, how, how did this all like, how did this happen? Be, like, what happened here? <laughs> I think the easiest way I can say it uh, is that I, I am a dancer, I'm a choreographer. Uh, I've been in the performing arts my whole life. When I was a kid, I thought I was going to be on Broadway when I grew up. That was my plan. Um, and 
I was, I call it a scrappy DIY arts hustler. I've been self-employed in the arts since I was in my late teens, early 20s. So everything having to do with being a dancer, a movement coach, and an embodiment coach, that all came directly out of my arts life and training. Um, personally, I think I struggled a lot with all kinds of things, with self-esteem, with body image. Dance is a pretty brutal uh, industry in terms of how we feel about ourselves, right? Just imagine taking your biggest dreams, your biggest desires, your greatest passions, your biggest insecurities, and then wearing head-to-toe spandex and standing in wall-to-wall -wall mirrors all day, every day, while people yell at you and tell you you're not good enough. And that was my life. Uh, so, um, and you choose that because you love dancing. Um, but it's very hard on your inner world, especially if you start as a child, which I did. And so coaching, therapy, coaching, personal development, that was my personal world outside of my art world where I was trying to figure out how to navigate doing my work and being happy and being, <laughs> uh, being a human. And so coaches really shaped me, life coaches, um, healers, people who helped me work through the inner things that I was struggling with. Beyond that, I would also say that my work in as a teacher, as an art teacher, was more focused on how to bring what's inside of you out. So even in my dance life, I was best known for teaching choreography and creative process more than technique. I wanted to help people create the dances that were in their heads. And so when I became a coach and I first started coaching, um, I thought I was only going to be working with dancers. And I was teaching all over the world. I was coaching all over the world. I was touring. I was very lucky for a long time to be able to teach all over the world in many, many countries. And at a certain point, I stopped having a lesson plan. And I would walk into a workshop and say, everyone write down all your questions about choreography and pass them up anonymously. And I have a folder still to this day. Everywhere I went, all over the world, all the questions were, who am I to do this? Does anyone care? How do I know this is not boring? Am I ever going to be able to make a living doing this? How do I lead people without offending anyone? Um, right? How do I know that my work is, you know, that other people want to see it? I was like, oh, none of this has anything to do with dance. I could do this with anyone who is an impact driven person or a creative of any kind, because these questions about, can I really take this thing that I love so much and that I'm so passionate about and share it? How will I deal with it when people don't like it? How do I make this make money? How do I stand out? Those things are things that everyone deals with when you're trying to share your heart work um, and your soul work, not just dancers. And so I very quickly transitioned into working with everyone who feels like I'm really good at the thing I do. And I don't really understand how to share that and hold my own center and maintain my self-esteem and how to turn that into a business that I can make money from. And so that really kind of laser focused me into a spot. Wow. And it's funny the way you say that, because it's not hard work, it's heart work. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, your heart work, right? Like, there are a lot of people who have, you know, just a job, and it's not their sole passion. And so they don't feel as much, like when people are sharing their heart work, there's something more attached to it because it feels like a part of themselves. So when you post 
something that came from your very soul on Instagram and you get a bunch of troll comments, it's very different than if someone's like, I work in customer services, service at Starbucks. Like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't, whatever. Like, I have no attachment to this. This is something I do for money. That's not most of our people. We're like, this is a very tender, fragile piece of my very soul. Would you like to judge it and decide whether or not it's worth money? Like, it's so tender. <laughs> yes, I get that very much. And uh, we were just we were just talking you know, before the show we're about how um, when people are talking on stage with comedians, sometimes they take part of their life, things that they've been through, and they're trying to turn it into a joke and see if anyone laughs. And this is almost like the opposite. Here's something that's very special, and then a troll will start making fun of it. Yeah, please don't get in my comment section and tell me to keep my day job. That's not what I need. <laughs> But isn't this your day job now? <laughs> so, yeah, now, it, now it is. Now it is. You can keep it. It's, it's yeah. going to work. <laughs> All right. So as part of rewriting reality, what we do is I have my guests coach me in their area of expertise so that my audience can see exactly who they are, how they show up in the world, and um, you know, what they have to offer. So Sarah, yeah. what can you coach me on today? Well, see, I was going to ask you the the complete, the reverse of that question, which was, what are we working on today? And I guess for people who are curious about how I work, this will give you a very good indication of how I work with Shiraz, which is not necessarily the way that I would work with you because every client is unique and everything that everyone brings to me is unique. I have some clients who are like, cuss me out, give me the tough love. I have other clients who are like, please be gentle with me. I have other clients who are like, I need this wrapped in like the most spiritual way of working. And other people are like, give me the tough stuff. So the tools and techniques that I use are client dependent. And I never lead the session. You're always in charge. So Shiraz, what are we working on today? Oh my God. Okay. Now I'm put on the spot here. <laughs> um, do I have like general options? Whatever you want, whatever feels pressing. Is there anything that feels stuck? Anything that's not working the way you want it to work? I know you're a, you're pretty masterful like shifting things for yourself. <laughs> um, well, I would I would like to feel less sick for the rest of the week if that's something that we can work on, or otherwise. Um, yeah, you know what? I don't usually get because uh, things go fairly well with me, but money, I uh, money, but. Let's get some money coaching going on there. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So talk to me about money. What's going on with money? What's going on with money? Um, money is going well. So last year I did my first seven-figure in sales. And to be clear, because some people don't know the difference, seven figures in sales doesn't mean seven figures in income. Because if you sell a $100,000 program and people are paying in installments, you don't get $100,000 right away. You get little bits and they come in during the course of the program. So this year, I'm, I'm, my goal is to do the seven figures in income and hit the eight figures in sales. Okay. Are there so, any things that feel wobbly about that or uncertain? Uh, yeah, so there would be the, to hit the eight figures in income, that would be getting something like 50 people enrolled in my program. Mm -hmm. 
uh, on top of the other things that I'm doing. So 50 is not a big number, but then my brain's still saying, but it's 50 people saying, yeah, I'm in for a hundred thousand dollars. Are there a lot of those people out there? So. So there's part of you that doubts that there are 50 hundred K clients floating around in your world or in the world? Oh, in my world, definitely. In the world, yeah, there's plenty. (laughs) Okay. And the part of you that feels like you're not sure if those 50 people are are out there and available, um, does it feel uncertain that they're there currently or uncertain that you'd be able to reach them if they're not there currently? Um, that I'd be able, yeah, that I'd be able to reach them this year, like get them all this year, yeah. Okay. And when you hit your first seven figures this year, congratulations, by the way, that's a huge milestone. I think only 2% of entrepreneurs ever make that. So you're in rarefied air. How is it up there? (laughs) Is it nice? Very nice. I'm trying to get up there. So we'll talk about that when it's my turn. (laughs) How did you feel when you were at the six-figure threshold staring down seven? Did you have a similar feeling? It's no, no, actually no, because with the the six going to seven, the, the feeling was, can I deliver the value? Mm. And now with the seven, it's the same program. So I know I can deliver the value. The two things that are the two biggest things that are showing up are, are where can I find these people? And um, how do I juggle? Because we had the people that are already in the program, there's going to be like 60 of them. And, and, uh, and, manage my time and while still giving the value. Now, it is all group coaching, but at the same time, I know with the group coaching, they're not all going to be at the same place. They're going to end up staggering. So I'll have to do like sessions for people at a certain level and sessions at people at another level. So it's managing that the most efficient way I can. Okay. I want to separate those things for just a second. Mm -hmm. Is there a part of you that feels nervous that you will not be able to handle that many people at once? Uh, no, no, it's that some people may not feel like they have enough attention. Mm, so you're worried about their experience? Yeah. Okay. With the 60 people you have now, is that feedback that you've ever gotten from them before? Oh, no, because the 60 people are the ones that I'm hoping to get. Oh, right. So right now there's, there are, uh, seven people in the founder circle of launching this program and they're, and that's the other thing. They're all going on and on about how great it is to get, to get so much personalized attention. And so, but they're in the founder circle, they're getting all that extra personalized attention. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do that much when there's another 50 people thrown on top behind them. Got it. So let me ask like a very like dry practical question. As you expand the group to hold more people, would it feel in alignment for you to 
offer one of two things. One is some type of upgrade option that gets people smaller group calls. The other would be to offer more group calls per month with smaller caps. So like they have to pre-register 10 people at a time can come to a group call and there's more options. Or would it potentially feel like it would make sense to have a support coach so people either got you or someone else? It'd probably be option two. Separate out more calls. Yeah. And when you think about separating out more calls, is that where we get into the fear that you'll have a time management crunch? That's that's it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. If you were to create space in your life to have more calls with this new batch of people coming in, what else in your life would have to move or change to make room for that? Hmm. It would actually, it would actually be the programs that I'm in getting coached. Mm. I'd have to give one or two of them up now. I mean, I'm in like four or five. So you're not I the only why, why are people, I mean, personal development people, we're all like, how many programs are you in right now? I'm in seven. <laughs> are you in, oh, what are, what are they? Are they good? Should I do that one next? Like, <laughs> I love a program junkie. Yeah. So I just want to sort of preface things for the viewers because I know like we're talking about going from seven to eight figures. You can scale these answers down to whatever level you're trying to go to. (laughs) They, They still apply. Absolutely. So when you think about giving up some of the containers that you're in as a coachee, what feelings come up for you about that? Oh, that's the standard FOMO. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and will that hinder my growth personally Mm -hmm. that's why I signed up yeah right now in your company how big is your team five people Mm -hmm. are there other areas in your business and or in your personal life. I'm all about like, do you have a housekeeper? Is somebody like doing your meal prep for you? Like how much can we delegate out? Um, But are there ways that your team could take over more in other areas of your business so that your primary responsibilities were your groups and the programs that you're being coached in? And would that allow you to keep both? I, I am handing more stuff over to the team the the biggest issue with delegating some of the work is i need people certified in energetic magic and there's no one currently in the certification program track there's a bunch of people that want to get in Um, but the the qualifications to get certified are very stringent (laughs) so there's that so that's the thing about bringing in other coaches Right. Um, other than that, um, yeah, I could probably get another hour or two a week delegated out to other people. Right now on your team, do you have a project manager or an integrator or is that you? Like do all yeah. of your members report to you? Yeah. Yeah. Would it create space? if you added a project manager or integrator and you only dealt with one person and they managed the team? That, yes, that would. 
if you had that, would that create enough space for you to manage both the meetings and maintaining your personal development work at the level that you like it? Um, probably. Potentially. How Potentially. do you feel about the idea of, of, of creating that role where there's a, a manager of the team that's not you? I like that idea. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't make you like, but who will control everything? <laughs> No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I was in the, I have to control everything now. And now it's just like, no, no, you do it. Go, just go do it. Go do it. Get it Beautiful. done. Right. I love that. Okay. I want to check back in with the initial um, feeling of nervousness around if 60 people are in the group, I won't be able to manage it all. If we envision this new, this new world order, where your company is you and directly underneath you is project manager and integrator. Yep. And you have more calls per month with smaller caps and people have to register for which call they want to come to. Do we feel as nervous about being able to have the capacity to welcome those people? Um, no, not as nervous. Okay. Is there still, but there's still something. There's still, I mean, I, I think pretty much I'm going to have to just like, I know with a big group, a lot of people get more value out of it because they've got the same questions, but part of me is still like, but what if people don't? And I'm like, well, but that's also on them to, to uh, manage their own experience. And I got to just sort of let go of that. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you handle it if someone came to you and they said, even with these group calls that are capped at 15 people, uh, I still feel like I want more personal attention. Then I would have to say that's that's all the personal attention I have. And if you don't want to be in the program, I completely understand. I love that. How would you feel about letting that person go? Well, if it's a question of letting a person go or wearing myself out, I think I have to let the person go. Mm -hmm. So, And how much of this can also be done with expectation management in the beginning by clearly spelling out, this is what you get in this program when you sign up, and this is how much personal attention. Like, the way that I create personal attention in a group this large is by you have to register for these calls and they cap, so no call gets too big. Yeah. At that point, if anyone's like, but I want you all to myself, you're like, well, pay me 200K and it's a private program. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Good. Okay. okay. Like so let's touch back on the how do I reach these people this year? Okay. With the people that you have now, how did you reach them? So I did what was called uh, validation calls. So I did... 30 calls for people um, when I was validating, that's why it's called that, the program to see it was something people would actually buy. So each call was, here's what the program is, here's what I'm aiming to do, here's what the payment structure, do you think this is a cool program? And from those 30 people, some of them said, yeah, I think it's a great program and I'd like to be in it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, when I launch it, you can be in it. And some people said, I think it's a cool program. And I know someone who would be perfect for it. And they gave me a referral. And those people came into the program. So that is what filled the initial 
uh, founder circle. How now, did you find those 30? Speaking gigs. Okay. Yep. I'd be at a speaking gig and so I'm, I'm validating my program. If anyone would like to help me, please sign up. And I just got a list and went from there. Beautiful. So when you're considering bringing in, uh, I, I'm bad at math, five times, five, six times more people this year than you brought in last year. Is that right? Pretty much, pretty much 10 times. Ten <laughs> right? times okay. 10 times more people. Um, are you doing more speaking gigs and or are the speaking gigs that you're doing this year to larger audiences by scale than the ones you did last year? They, I'm, I'm trying to, to do speaking gigs to larger, larger, speaking well today, larger audiences. Uh, um, so this year there's more sponsorships so I can talk directly to my ideal clients. And um, so See, okay, so here's what's going on. It's a, it's a mindset thing. Okay. So just, just hit me. With the validation calls, it was never a sales call. It was, I'm mm -hmm. trying to validate, and sales naturally came from it. I can't continue doing validation calls in integrity because it's validated and it's working. Right. So now I have to go directly to a sales call. Mm -hmm. And so that's where there's, I can feel the pushback in my body going, okay, now you're actually selling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... Okay, so my follow-up question to that is, is you being the closer in your business the most efficient use and the best use of your time and positionality as the CEO and as the reality interventionist, or does it make more sense for the level of your current business for you to hire a closer? Mm -hmm. hmm. So... Oof. I think I'm somewhere like on the edge there. Yeah, what comes up? Uh, because a lot, the, a lot of the people that that joined the program joined because of the connection they felt to me. Mm -hmm. So if I bring in a salesperson, they may be able to close the person, but that may be. I don't know how efficient that would be without the direct connection, or mm -hmm. if they'll be connect if I wasn't there and then they're like, well, who's this? I was talking to this other person. Got it. So what if the flow went something like this? They see you at a speaking gig. They like you. They're interested in working with you. They sign up for a validation call, but the validation is now not about whether or not the program can be validated. It's whether or not you will validate that they are the right fit for the program, which you now know has a certain caliber and works. So it's a it's a vibe check with you and yeah. them to hear a little bit about what they have going on and for you to say, yes, I feel like this is the right place for you. I'm confident that we can help you. Is that something you're interested in? They say, yes, you sell them nothing on the call. You pass them to the closer and you say, this okay. is not a sales call. I don't sell, but if you're like, you know, it's 2024, no one needs to be hard sold on anything. If this feels right to you and you want to move forward while we're on this call, I'm going to schedule you an appointment with Beth and she's going to walk you through the programs and all your payment options. And she's going to get you onboarded and we'll just, you know, roll out the red carpet for you from there. That sounds good. Uh -huh. Other than Beth, Beth gets on my nerves sometimes. Can we do it with Kathy? <laughs> yeah, Beth is fired. Okay. <laughs> I just tried to make up a name. Sorry to the best. Uh, <laughs> but this idea of 
you know, there's lots of different ways that we get to do things. And I think that, A, I, I, I think you're right with high ticket and with work like we have, like people want to feel you as their coach and know that it's going to be good. I also kind of love a non-sales call because I think it's so trust building mm -hmm. to say, I'm just checking in to make sure I really believe that I can help you. I'm never going to sell you something that is not the right fit for you. But once I know that this is the right fit for you, I'll tell you all about it because I believe in the program. And then I have another team member who handles all of that. Others, I don't do that. But <laughs> people are like, oh, I, li I like that. <laughs> okay. So when you envision a workflow in which now when you go to these larger speaking gigs, there's a higher percentage of people who want to follow up with you because it's a bigger audience and you're still smashing your speaking gigs. And they say, I want to talk to you. Now we're getting on these validation calls. And what we're validating is this is the right fit for my program. If they're a yes, they move on to closing with someone else. And if they're a no, they just go into your email list and they hang out until they're ready. How does that feel? I like it. That feels much better. So checking back in with the initial, can I do this scale? How do we feel? It feels a lot lighter. Oh, yay. Yeah. For people who are playing the home game, I want to just point out, can I point something out? Absolutely. Okay. When, when someone is at this level of going from six to seven figures or going from seven to eight, the fine tuning that we're doing is, is a little different than what we're doing in these beginning phases of like zero to six. Um, and there's so much about it had never even occurred to me that this was a part I could delegate, right? So for a lot, right, when we're growing a business, we start as a solopreneur, we bring in some people that are doing admin things, design things, outreach things, right? And so as we start to grow, the idea of all the sales has to be me because I'm the point of contact or um, the management of the team has to be me because it's my vision everyone's executing. And then there's like this little leap where we have to shift out of that and go one more step up to like, I can take myself even more out of the day-to-day -day of some of these operational things. And like Shiraz is a superstar. So he like took to those things really fast for a lot of people that brings up a lot of big feelings. And so if, as you're watching, you had big feelings around like, <gasps> like you feel like you're like leaving your baby with a stranger, like a teenager <laughs> who's on their phone or something, you're like, Oh God, it's all going to fall apart. I just want to say like, that's a really normal response to some of these ideas of, of delegating more, giving away more, handing off sales, handing off certain parts of your business that you've always been the only person who did. So if the idea of this makes you go, oh God, I couldn't do that. No, you could. There just may be need to be like a little bit more inner work around trust <laughs> and developing a, a team that you really believe that can support you and like building trust in your own leadership. I know for me and a lot of people I worked with, the first time we were managers was in our own business. We never had any management training outside. So we are learning on the job of how to delegate, how to manage people, how to give uncomfortable feedback, how to fire people. And all of that stuff is really scary too. So uh, yeah, I feel like once you delegate that first thing, your mind is open and it becomes so much easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. If it goes well, but I know a lot of people have had the experience that I delegated something and it went terribly and I just shut down and went like, I can't hand things off anymore. And so then there's different coaching that needs to be done to work through that uh, negative past experience, please. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because right now with uh, several of the team members who's they've got different jobs, but they connect. I just said, can you guys just all get together and work this out? But I think there needs to be someone overall in charge, as you're, as you're pointing out. I love that. So when the team grows by two key people, an integrator and a closer, you are freed up to keep speaking, do these validation calls that are much more, let's validate that this is the right place for you, and to keep your personal development the way that you want it to be. Because I agree, like if that's a personal priority, it should get to stay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. That was so fun. That was. I enjoyed that. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to coach Sarah. And people that are here usually know what's about to happen. Other, everyone else, get ready. Hey, entrepreneur, I don't care what stage of business you're in. If you're doing it alone, you're doing it wrong. We need people. We need people in our corner. We need outside eyes. We need someone to go to. We need that in case of emergency break glass person that we can call when we're stuck or frustrated or overwhelmed, when we aren't sure what move to make, or when we just want to celebrate our accomplishments. We need the right people on our team. No one who has ever built a big, successful business does it alone. You should not be trying to do it all alone. You need people in your corner because owning and running a business might be one of the hardest things you ever do. And most people in your life simply won't be able to relate or guide you if they've never done what you're trying to do. Ideally, I'd like to see you in one-on-one -on -one coaching so that I can really be a partner to you behind the scenes in the day-to-day -day of your business and walk alongside you through every season, every stage, even into the nitty-gritty details. But if you're not ready for that, at the very least, I want you to get into the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven. Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven is the number one resource you need for success as a heart-centered creative entrepreneur. There is truly nothing else like it on the market. It's a hybrid of courses, group coaching, a mastermind, and a brilliant supportive community all in one. Joining the Coven will connect you to teaching and tools designed to guide you through every single step of building and scaling your business to six figures. No more questioning what to do all by yourself. No more buying random one-off courses on different topics and trying to patchwork it all together. Every single topic you need is covered. We're talking from legal structure to contracts to branding to marketing to product development, launching, you name it, it's in here. Can you imagine never having to buy another course again because you've already got it all under one roof and if you need something, you can just search it and find it? That alone is worth the investment, but you also get access to bi-weekly high-impact live group coaching sessions with me, ongoing workshops with guest experts, and our private Facebook group so that you can stop doing business alone. And you should. An Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven is one amazing way that you can do that. Go to intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash coven, C-O-V-E-N, to join today. And as a special thank you for being a listener to the pod, simply enter the code podcast on any checkout page for 11% off your first three months of membership at any level. That's intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash coven and enter the code podcast at checkout. 
I can't wait to help you grow your business so that you can make a bigger impact, help more people, share your gifts with a larger audience, and make the money you deserve to be making for your gifts, skills, and talents. But most of all, I want to see you so confident and so self-assured that you are just as talented at running a business as you are at the thing you do. And that is within reach when you join the coven. So I can't wait to see you inside. Let's get back to the show. All right, we are back. And Sarah's about to get zapped with energetic magic. (laughs) So if you have not seen how this works before, I'm gonna explain very quickly. <laughs> that's actually energy shifting, so that's going to be interesting. I'm going to have a talk with Sarah about something she wants to shift in her life. And when I talk to her, I can tell when her conscious beliefs match her unconscious beliefs. So whenever they don't, I'm going to say that's not actually coming up true. So I'm not trying to call her a liar. I'm just saying, you know, your conscious, conscious and subconscious mind have different opinions right now. So whenever that happens, we're going to look for what is the underlying story running in her subconscious that's causing her to be out of sync? And when we find it, I'm going to ask, are you willing to step out of that story? Now, if Sarah says yes, and she means it, and I can tell if she means it, then it's going to shift in that moment. Physically, we are rewiring her neural pathways with her being in that space of, yes, I'm, I'm done. And energetically, there's going to be an energetic release. Now, when energy shifts around me, I tend to yawn and cough. So that's probably going to be happening for the next little while. And with Sarah, based on you and the work you do, I'm pretty sure you know what it feels like when your body shifts energy. So that's going to happen for you. Now, there's the fun thing. If you're playing at home, if you've got the same story as Sarah, that when I say, are you willing to step out of that story, you can say yes at home, and it's going to shift for you too, because I'm not doing the shifting. I'm getting to the thing that needs to be shifted, and then you're doing the shifting. So, Sarah, what would you like to work on? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So uh, we have done this before. We did it on my podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, and we were working on um, my goal for my membership, which was to bring 350 people into my membership. That's still what I'm working on. So I think what's going on for me right now what I've been feeling is, you know, the feeling when you've been trying to solve the same problem for a really long time and it's not moving the way you want it to. And you start feeling like I've tried so many things and it's still not moving. And uh, like every day I'm looking at like Zillow in Costa Rica and I'm like, maybe I just close my business and give up everything and move away. Like I'm so over looking at (laughs) problem that I'm ready to just like shave my head, change my name, become a monk. And actually that does sound kind of fun. Um, (laughs) Right. It's a look. Um, So I think, you know, maybe we could either revalidate and recheck on some of the stuff that was coming up around 350. What came up then was really interesting, which was like feeling responsible for people's results. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do feel like some of that shifted, but you might tell me that's not true. Uh, But maybe just around the feeling that I'm like stuck in the problem. I've been, I'm like, do I just stop focusing on it? What do I do? How do I get out of this feeling that I'm stuck in the problem? Okay. 
So, okay. Number one, do you do you want to keep the problem? No. That's not coming up true. So that's part of the problem right there. <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> What's going to happen if the problem goes away? I'll have more money. Well, I get to say that sadly. Uh, <laughs> that's how I feel about the problem. I'm like, let's fix it. Uh, I'll get to focus on other things. That's not actually coming up true. But the money part was, but I get to focus on other things that not come up true. Hmm. So it might be similar to what I was just going through with you. <laughs> so if you have that many people, will you have time for yourself? Yes. Okay, that's not coming up true. And I know we worked on this, but here's the thing. <coughs> you can come out of a belief and then go into withdrawal and get pulled back into the belief. Okay, so let's start there. Are you willing to step out of the story that if you have a lot more clients, you can have a lot less time? Yes. <coughs> This is a weird one that's coming up. Does this problem make you special? No. That's not coming up true. I'm like, everyone has this problem. <laughs> if, if more people didn't have this problem, I wouldn't be in business. <laughs> yeah, but, but you help them to get through it. Mm -hmm. So what if yours is so big you can't get through it? Then does I should make be fired. <laughs> well, you're still helping other people, but does that make you more special and that your problem is insurmountable? No. Oh, that's I hate cool. it. <laughs> oh, I know you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it doesn't. No. Uh, yeah. And I know you said it's not coming up true, but that doesn't. Uh, because what comes up for me consciously is and part of what feels painful about being stuck in the problem is that it is starting to erode my confidence in my in coaching my clients, because if I can't solve this for myself, how can I help other people with it? Okay. So, okay, so are you, first let's clear that. Are you willing to step out of the story that if you can't solve the problem this time, it means you can't help other people with it? Yes. <laughs> Do you want to create a problem so big it makes you feel more special when you finally solve it? No. That's not coming up true. So this is it. I have other problems. I would love to focus on that. <laughs> See, this is also why um, a lot of coaches won't allow themselves to win the lottery. Because then they can't have the story of, I went through this and this and this to finally achieve my wealth, even though there's like a shortcut available for them. I <laughs> to walk to lottery winnings. I don't buy lottery tickets, but if there was a way that I could win without buying them, yeah. send it on. <laughs> well, it could be like inheritance. It could be like crazy tax refund. It could be like anything, yeah. right? So there's all these different ways for money to just show up. So are you willing to step out of the story that you have to create a big problem, a, a massive problem 
so you can show you can fix it. Yes. Oh, do you need new stories of problems you've overcome? No. Okay, that's not coming up true either. There's so many of those. I don't need any more. I don't know what to tell your subconscious, okay? (laughs) So are you willing to step out of the story that you need to keep coming up with new examples of problems, personal problems you have to solve? Yes. Ow. You are going into a lot of resistance that is not moving. Like that's this is the big thing right here. I can feel that, and I can I can feel it from a bunch of the audience too. Yeah, because that, that's that didn't move at all. Oh. So what if you ended up with no more new stories to tell, and you're just relying on the old stories all the time? Would you be okay with that? Yes. Okay, that was about half true. What so, I'm coming up for me, and this is not a conscious thought, but it's what I'm wondering if this is what's happening subconsciously, is if I have, if I don't have things going wrong and things to complain about, do I become unrelatable? Which is not a conscious thought, but it's like I I, I see that in my other clients sometimes, right? Like if I get too successful, yeah. what do I like? Going out to dinner with my friends will now be awkward because I'm the only person who doesn't have these problems. Okay. So are you willing to step out of the story that you have to keep creating problems so that you be you are relatable? Yes. Are you willing to step out of the story that you need problems in order to be relatable? Yes. Will you lose friends if you don't have problems? I'm like, do I have friends now? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so, only because I only have a couple of friends and I think they're all in the same train as me. So I think. So here's the thing if, if, and this, this is actually good, if you've got friends that are in the same train as you and you're creating success, that inspires them to create success. Yeah. So that the conversations won't be about the problems. It'll all be about the successes. So you'll all be relatable. Yeah. And then you also attract in new friends that are all at that success level. So there's more success stories. Yeah. Okay. So are you willing to step through this, step out of the story that people only bond through problems? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So do you need that big insurmountable problem? No. 
Okay, that's still not coming up true, but it's not as powerful as it was before. Do you need the stories? Do you need new stories of you solving problems? No. Okay, I'm feeling better too. There's still a little bit pushing back. Do you need problems to be human? Yes. Okay. But they don't so, always have to be the same problem. They can, I, would <laughs> problems. I love new problems. <laughs> so are you creating problems to stay grounded as, wow, it's really, are you creating problems to create, stay grounded as he, being human? No. Okay, there's some pushback there. It's not quite that, and it's something in there. If you don't have any problems, wow, if, if you don't have any problems, will you get egotistical or arrogant? No. Oh, that's not coming. So you're worried that that's what's going to happen. Hmm. So are you willing to step out of the story that you need problems to keep you humble? Yes. <laughs> I don't need to be humble. I don't know where I have that idea. Floss on hose. <laughs> Sorry, all my Oakland came out for a second. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not like that complete humility, but just not going into arrogance. Yeah. Right? Not go, yes. You just keep yourself out of that space. Okay. All right, so do you need that big problem? No. Okay, that's feeling a lot better. Okay, does that problem keep you safe? No. Okay, that's not coming up true. Okay, so let's see, beyond the problem, you've got a bunch of clients, got a lot more money. How does the world see you? Uh, that's always a thing I have trouble answering. Okay. I don't know how the world sees me now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What would the world expect of you once you're that successful? I don't know. Do you need to know before you can become that successful? No. It's not coming up true. So there's two components there. Are you willing to step out of the story? that you have to know what's expected of you before you become successful. Yes. <laughs> Are you willing to step out of the story that you have to do what's expected of you after you become successful? Yes. Oh, and that one didn't move either. Hmm. So if the world- I don't feel like I knew what's expected of me now. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be deliberate, right? <laughs> So oftentimes, and we see this, like, you know, you're the leader. People look up to you. Like, there are certain ways you have to behave and things that are expected of you. And the truth is, like, it's your life. It doesn't matter what the hell anyone expects of you. Just live your life. You got you got to that place you are because you were being you. You can't suddenly now say, I got to change for the rest of the world because they didn't get you there. You got you there. Okay. So let's try that again. Are you willing to step out of the story that you have to do what the world expects of you? Yes. <laughs> Ooh. 
Oh, that was a big one. Okay. So now, do you need that big problem? No. That feels better. How's that feeling for you? Good. Okay. Sort of. <laughs> okay. There's still something in there. Okay. So when you're working with clients now, how do you feel? Good. That's my favorite part. Okay. Well, do you have other priorities? What, yeah, what are the other priorities in your life? Um, so, well, I guess I can kind of separate it out. There's the like being with the people side of the work. And then there's the like getting more people side of the work. Okay. I love everything about the being with the people side of the work. So in my coaching life, that's being with my clients, being in my membership, in my dance life, that's teaching my classes, being with my students. I produce yep. a show. So it's like being at our show. I love everything about all of those things. I don't love the, and that's connected to feeling like I'm constantly in this problem. The, the, constant problem solving of how do we bring in more people that's not my favorite part okay so if you want to bring in a lot more people does that mean a lot more of the thing you don't like no it means i get to stop doing that because i'll have enough people <laughs> and i will be in a position to hire someone to take over marketing okay but before you get there that journey there is that a lot more of doing what you don't like um Maybe because it feels like, like it does feel like I'm in that slog of this is the thing that I spend most of my time doing right now and it's not working. Okay. So do you have to not like it? No. Okay. I like it when it works. Actually, we can clarify that. Like everything. <laughs> I, like, I love winning. So I love it when I do something and it works. The problem is when you're doing stuff and it's not working. That's the where it gets to be a slog. <laughs> okay. Do you need evidence of why you don't like it? No. Okay, that didn't come up true. Are you willing to step out of the story that you have to keep creating evidence of why you don't like to sell? Yes. <laughs> Would it be okay if selling was fun? Yes. Okay, I don't. I, I don't feel. See, and that's interesting because I don't feel like I have uh, selling blocks. Marketing feels different than selling to me. To okay, so getting the people, not selling yeah. to the people. I'm comfortable on sales calls. I'm comfortable with people going through my funnels. Like I don't okay. feel any weird thing about selling directly. I think okay. it is really the feeling of trying a marketing tactic for three to six months, spending a bunch of money on it and not getting results. Like that's where I'm in the place of, I don't like this. Okay. I wouldn't even mind doing it. If I did that thing, I knew it was dialed in and it was working. It is okay. very connected to the feeling of doing the thing and not getting results. Okay. So would it be okay if it was fun to market? Yes. 
So there was something there. Do you have to make sure you don't like marketing so that you don't, so that it doesn't become your focus? Like your passion over working yeah. with people. Uh, reword the question. I lost what I lost, whether my yes or my no, what my yes or my no meant. <laughs> do you have, do you have to make sure you don't like marketing? So it, it doesn't replace no. your passion for coaching. Okay. That did not come up true. So are you willing to step out of the story that you have to make sure you don't like the things you don't like? So they don't replace the things you love. Yes. <laughs> <coughs> There's so much energy on that. Whew. Whew. Wow. Okay, that's a lot more than I expected. Okay. Okay. Ooh, how's that feel? Good. Okay. Yeah, there was definitely, it was like protecting your passion and don't let it get diluted by liking other things. Mm. Let's make them harder. Okay, so let's, I want to hit that more generally too. Are you willing to step out of the story that you have to protect your passion? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's see how that goes for the next little while. All right. You good? Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, two things, Jessica, throw in the chat what's coming up this week because I forgot. <laughs> and and Sarah, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, this is all going to be in the show notes. Anyway, what's the best way they can reach you? Yeah, uh, so you can reach me at intuitiveedgecoaching.com. And just for people who are watching, if you're curious about ways that you can work with me or what I have going on, there are three primary ways that you can work with me. One is in my membership, which we were just talking about. If you're one of my 350 people, I need you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's called the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven. That is for business owners who are either just starting out or you've been in business for a while, but you have not yet. Uh, hit that six-figure mark. So that's really the place to build your foundations and get established. I have a new program that is in beta right now, and it's called Scale. And it is for exactly what we worked on with Shiraz. It's for people who are already established and they are ready to scale to the next level, whatever that is for you, or you've been trying and you're stuck. And Scale is an acronym that stands for Systems, courses or digital project products, automation, leadership, 
expansion. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not reading it, so I had to remember. Yeah, so it's a six-month container that each month we're focusing on one of these key things that you need to have in place to host a bigger party in your business. And that is going to become a mastermind, but right now it's in beta. I'm taking five people through it privately for a very discounted rate to validate the program. So if you're looking to scale, that would be the place for you. And then I coach people one-on-one, -on -one, life and business coaching privately, and you can just check out my website and look at the ways that we could work together for that. All right. So here's the thing. When, when someone with this kind of uh, knowledge and skill to get you moving offers a beta program at a discounted price, you want to jump on that. <laughs> it is a six-month private coaching package for $6,000. Uh, and that's like unheard of. So I would hop in if I were you. Yeah. That's that's like I think a quarter of yeah. what you probably pay. So. The price will go up substantially, and it will become a mastermind. So this is a really really good opportunity to do this with me one on one. Well, someone loves your title. Host a bigger party. Yeah, that's how I think of it. And here's just my little idea about scaling, where I see people get stuck. Is if you were hosting a party, you would never just send out invitations online, but not plan the venue for how many people you wanted to have come or like get cups or chairs and just wait and have everyone come and then figure it out because that would be really, really stressful and nobody would have a good time. A lot of business owners are kind of in a, I'm just going to try it and see what happens and I'm going to figure out all of the systems. Do I have the team members in place? Do I have the capacity in my body to hold this big of a leap? We haven't worked those things out yet. And so we want to think of it just like a party. We want to make sure does the venue hold as many people as I'm inviting? Do I have everything I need in place to ensure that when those people come, they're going to have a great experience and I am too. And that's all back end work that we do before we send the invitations out. So that's what we're doing in scale. Nice. All right. So that's an amazing offer. Make sure you take Sarah up on it. And uh, I didn't see anything from Jessica. So I'm assuming there's nothing else this week on the Breakthrough Show Network. Although Project Joy was this morning. So I hope you tuned in for that. If not, the replay is on the YouTube channel. So I think we are at the end of giving Jessica just a little bit more time to throw something in there. But there's nothing. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, thank you. There we go. Project Joy live Wednesday, 9 a.m. Okay. If you want to start your day off with some joy, this is the way to do it. And Jessica does a great show, and sometimes surprise guests show up. So I've been one. Mm -hmm. And beyond two, uh, 2D is Tuesday, 6 p.m. That is tomorrow. I'm assuming these are Eastern times. <laughs> so I just realized. <laughs> okay. And uh, so thank you so much, Sarah, for being on the show. And thank you. Me. That was awesome. Okay. And uh, we are going to be back next month. And by then I will know who the guest is because I, I have no idea, no clue. Uh, but I have a month to figure it out. So. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Sarah, anytime uh, you'd you'd love to come back, we'd love to have you here uh, because you know I enjoy I enjoy working with you, getting coached by you, and coaching you. It's fun. Thank you. It is really fun. Thank you so much. All right, we are heading out. You have an amazing day. 
That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time, so many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at intuitive edge coaching. Have a great day.